Welcome to the new School of Success. I'm Nick Maytash. And I'm Julian Rosen, and we are here to flip the game of success on its head. No more hustle, no more grind. Just the tried and true principles to help you win at life on your own terms. Class is in session. Welcome, ladies and germs, back to a new episode of the new School of Success. And today we have a very special holiday treat. Why don't you finish it? I gave you the floor. Anyway, so we we have a very, very special episode. It's surrounding, not surrounding, it is uh, involving the the holiday movies you know and love. And we're excited to dive into what it is. But before we do, Mm. I needed to kick it over to my partner in crime, Julian H. Rosen, uh, so he could inform you of a really thoughtful, awesome, short and sweet review that was left for our podcast recently. So Julian, take it away. I'm not going to sugarcoat this, guys. We read reviews to incentivize you to leave a goddamn review. So here we go. We want to showcase our listeners because we love you guys. This is from Kevin B36. Great name. Uh, Love these two. They keep you engaged while dropping bombs. Hmm. Short and sweet. So there you go. If you think leaving a review is going to take a really long time and, you know, be the bane of your existence, pull a Kevin B. Give us 20 seconds. Give us 20 seconds. We're giving you hours, people. Right. Hours. And don't think do that it. you have to use fang- fancy language for us to mention it. Yeah. Kevin just dropped a sentence on us and we loved it. So yeah. do you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But as Nick was saying, yeah. and then yeah. that, like that Christmas, those Christmas bells just chimed in. That was very weird. It sounded like someone's voice, but it was a bell from. Yeah. I edited it. Oh. It was good. Yeah. Um, it's a holiday. It's a holiday episode. <clears throat> and excuse me, I have a holiday cough here. And, you know, a lot of what Nick and I throw at you guys, it's a lot of neuroscience. It's a lot of deep principles of transformation, a lot of universal and spiritual self-mastery. Mm-hmm. Today, we're going to lighten the load. Today, we're going we're gonna to lighten it up a little bit. We're going to play around like a couple of kitties in a snow-filled snowbox sandbox. Hey, yo. And we're going to talk about some actual, tangible life lessons that you can apply to your body, your business, your, your relationships, just your life that we actually learned from some of our holiday favorites six of the most powerful adored holiday movies ever to grace grace the silver screen we're going to talk about them but how you can dig a little deeper to the core and Mm. pull out a life-changing lesson so i hope you're excited nick are you i mean nick's drinking out of a grinch cup nick is the basic bitch that october 31st nick was putting up christmas lights so i waited until veterans day for the record because where i live not in Austin. It was, it was snowing quite a bit on, yeah. uh, on November 11th. So we got the Christmas tree up. And yes, I bought this mug that has the Grinch's face on it. So uh, <laughs> I think ever, ever since we had our little angel daughter, uh, Lucy, Lucy, lost her name for a second there. <laughs> yeah, she must be real great. Can't remember. It's awesome. Uh, Christmas has been accelerated. It's like we skip right over Thanksgiving, which as we're recording this is tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, I'm a big fan of the Grinch, as the mug would um, indicate. Yeah. Should we start there? Or should we go elsewhere? You think? Let's start with the Grinch because full disclosure, don't like it. <clears throat> it uh, what? Especially the Jim Carrey one just super creeps me out. And you know, this is a great lesson in itself, right? Is you that- can't judge a book by its cover. So just because I think the Grinch is creepy, doesn't necessarily mean there isn't a bundle of powerful truth and knowledge in it. So Nick. What is this life-changing, deep lesson that we can mm. find 
in this creepy green stalker pedophile guy that breaks into houses? What can we learn? Well, uh, finding out that you don't like The Grinch and the fact that it's definitely my favorite Christmas movie, I think. Well, you haven't seen Jingle All the Way in freaking years, so we'll call it even. All right, that's fair. I thought we were about to break up as podcast co-hosts. Let's call it even. Let's call it even. Jingle All the Way. (laughs) Wow, that's fantastic. I can't wait for that. Can you just do your review of Jingle All the Way as Arnold Schwarzenegger? That would be. And Sinbad. And Sinbad. Okay, we'll stick. We'll stick with Arnold. Okay, but anyway, back to The Grinch. What is the big lesson here, man? Back back to the Grinch. So for the Grinch, the main lesson, I think we can kind of bat around a couple ideas that, that also showed up in the film, uh, this just wonderful, wonderful holiday classic, um, is not so much the Grinch that taught us a lesson, but Cindy Lou Who, the little mm. girl who, despite her size and her age, decided that she wanted to make the Grinch a part of the, uh, they wanted to make him the holiday cheermeister. Mm. And um, if you have never seen the Grinch, which doesn't sound likely at all. But if you've never seen it, the people in Whoville do not like the Grinch. So they're very clicky. They're they're kind of pricks. <laughs> yes, they're very exclusive, very, yeah. very high and mighty. Anyway, so Cindy mentions this to the town that she wanted to make the Grinch the holiday cheermeister and she wanted to bring him down and let the the town of Whoville open up their arms and hearts to this this um <laughs> pedophile-ish looking man. <laughs> He's just going to watch you sleep and, you know, right, steal, it'll be fine. steal your, your, your socks. <laughs> Nothing weird there, people. Not at all. Anyway, so Cindy, this very young girl, decides to speak up and, and say that she wants to make this happen. She wants the, the town to rally around and open, uh, open themselves up in, in loving way to, to the Grinch. And there's a lot of pushback. Nobody is a fan of this idea. Everybody uh, is, is hating on Cindy. They're saying mean things to Cindy's parents and saying like, listen, Lou, who's Cindy's dad. Um, <laughs> listen, Lou, I don't think this is a good idea. They're giving him the, you know, the, the, the mean mugging across the town, town square there. And it was just throughout the entire movie, you watch Cindy just never give up on, on what she believed would be right, which is to welcome the Grinch down uh, from his, his lair on Mount Crumpet. Yeah. And, Without without fear, she goes up to to him specifically and said and welcomes him down, giving the invite, and just you know she she just kept at it, and it, it was just really really cool to see that it doesn't matter how small you are, it doesn't matter how young you are, it doesn't matter how insignificant you might think you are, you can still make a massive impact. Because spoiler alert, by the end of the movie, the uh, the Grinch does yes, he steals Christmas for a hot second there, but he brings it back. He apologizes and just because he apologizes he actually um avoids jail time so <laughs> if you ever caught yourself in a pickle make sure you yeah. apologize. you don't, but, wanna, you don't uh, want to experience life in a who jail my god no no you don't that would be very jolly i would assume makes but, el salvador look like a uh, cakewalk yes yes indeed i heard el salvadorian prisons are nasty all right back back to back to, back the to it so cindy luhu i mean she just she, she knew in her heart that she wanted to go on this, this mission of bringing the Grinch uh, yeah. down to the, the town and, and to, to welcome him. In. And then, you know, at, by the end of it, he not only is welcomed in, but also understands the true meaning of Christmas uh, about togetherness and, and peace and harmony and all of that fun, loving stuff that all of these yeah. Christmas movies that we're going to talk about, aside from Jingle All the Way, is about. <laughs> Julian's watch, giving me an eyebrow raise. Watch your watch mouth. Watch your mouth. So... <laughs> And actually, the Grinch is very, very cool because it also sheds light on 
how we're conditioned by our, by our childhood events, right? Mm. The Grinch isn't mean for no reason. Why is the Grinch, why is the Grinch hate Christmas? Because of trauma. Yes, sir. <laughs> trauma. Oh, he was indeed. traumatized and his conditioning is what led him to despise Christmas. So it also allows you to have compassion for people that you just think are assholes, right? Remember, no, a lot of the stuff we experience that shapes us, we never even consented to. Right. So the Grinch never asked to be traumatized and bullied in the name of Christmas and then grew up to hate Christmas, right? But true. he was just a victim of his conditioning. So it's also a movie about elevating your consciousness. Mm. How about that? And, he, and on the, he's going to keep going. And on the flip side, <laughs> wow, you really cut me off in, in very majestic ways. That's what, that's what who's do. They just, yeah, they just keep singing. Um, on the flip side of that too, like, yes, the Grinch was conditioned in his experience. He mm. you know, grew up to believe that his experience of Christmas was always going to be that of which, uh, you know, when he was bullied as a kid after he tried to shave for Martha <laughs> May and, and impress her, uh, he thought that that was what Christmas was all about, just hate and bullying and all that. Yeah. But everybody in, in, in Whoville that had never met the Grinch, mm -hmm. all they had was the conditioning of what they had learned from their parents and from folklore, if you will. So aside from Cindy Lou Who, who was the bravest of them all to go up and yeah. say hello and, and welcome, welcome him in, everybody else was just going off of the notion of what they had been passed down in terms of their, their yeah. belief and their idea of who the Grinch was and what he meant to Whoville and how nasty he was. And, um, you know, that if you just kind of parallel that to our own beliefs and things that we just learn through kind of osmosis from our parents and things that we don't question as we get yeah. older. Um, yeah, we, we can find out that what we learned when we were younger isn't necessarily true if we are brave enough to ask the question about Mm, why do I think this? Or is this factual? Is this just something that I accepted as truth because I was a little kid and I just trusted my parents? Um, so yeah, all the, all the you know, jerks down in Whoville who figured that the Grinch was just this, this big mean guy. And yes, he has a, that side to him. I mean, he stole Christmas, but there was the side that Cindy Lou Who saw and she pulled it out of him. And by the end of the movie, he... He himself, the Grinch, carves the roast beast. Wow. Talk about yeah. full, coming full circle. That's yes, cool. indeed. So a lot of deep stuff goes into that Grinch. And mm -hmm. uh, so remember, guys, neuroplasticity. No one's brain is set in stone. We can all change. And the Grinch is proof of that. So, yes, that's why um, they made the movie, actually. I heard about that. It was, it was Jim Carrey and neuroplasticity. So, and Jim, I love Jim Carrey. His interviews are the greatest. Like he's, yes. a deep, he's a deep dude. You want to talk about consciousness, you talk about Jim. Why do you uh, think he agreed to do the movie, man? I don't know, man. He's the man. Anyway, so that's the Grinch. That's the Grinch. That's a classic. And if you uh, yeah. also appreciate the Grinch, make sure that you let us know on, let me know on Instagram. Apparently, um, I don't want to know anything about it. Just the let Grinch me is... know. Just tag me. All right, all right. So, Julian, do you want to go with your fave, Jingle All the Way, or do you want to save that that little treat for? I'm going to save end? it for the end because, like, guys, it's going to blow your freaking mind. Okay, it's going to so blow we... your mind. Your mind is going to blow. So let's. Which of... Go ahead. Go ahead. I we'll kick even... it off with Elf, dude. We'll kick it off with Elf, right? Everybody right. loves Elf. Mm -hmm. my, that's my inner basic bitch. I just love Elf. Love Who him. doesn't? I, I, he's hilarious. It's, it's lighthearted. Um, but at the same time, it's got some hard-hitting hard -hitting lessons in there. So uh, in, terms of, in terms of, and I always get the cons mixed up. There's Scott Con and James Con. I forget which is the... I believe James Kahn is the, the grumpy old dad in this one. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then Scott Kahn, is, he's in Hawaii 5 -0. He's really, let's not talk about it. 
Um, anyway, so you got James Con, right? You got James Con, who, just like the Grinch, right? He's a victim to his condition. He has attached his worthiness to his status within his child book writing company. <laughs> you know, right. that's where he's attached his, his worthiness to. So mm -hmm. anything that comes into his life that interferes with the thing he's attached his worthiness to, he rejects and sees it as a threat. So in comes Buddy the Elf, who's having his own existential crisis of wanting to be accepted. And here he comes to James Conn's character, who I actually don't know. <laughs> you know, maybe his name's Greg or Steve or whatever. Dad. Uh, Dad in the movie. Right? And what happened? Buddy, Will Ferrell, like I said, he, he poses a threat to the very thing that James Conn has attached his worthiness to. Mm -hmm. So he resists Buddy, right? Because what does Buddy do? Buddy disrupts his workflow. Buddy makes him miss deadlines. Buddy makes the, the just, little guy go away because he calls him an elf all these times, right? He just blows shit up for his... He blows shit up. He gets everybody drunk in the mailroom and all that stuff. And so, right. and so it's really funny to see James Kahn blow up at him, right? He's like, I don't want you here, right? That, that pivotal moment when he, you know, he calls the guy an elf and he storms off. Yeah. Um, and what you're seeing is, is James Kahn's ego being, you know, being separated from the thing that he thinks is the source of his worthiness, which at the time is his approval and his status within his company. Mm -hmm. And wow, let's all just talk about that. How many of us are attaching our worthiness to something within our professional life, right? It's either our paycheck or our status or our education or whatever. We, we attach our worthiness to a lot of silly things. And then when that worthiness gets threatened, what happens? We experience anxiety. We experience anger and frustration. We fall mm -hmm. back into some old reactive patterns that hurt us and the, the ones we love. Yeah. And so kind of like the Grinch, this is a story about consciousness. This is a story about awareness because once you see that, that James Kahn, when he, when he tells his boss to suck it and he leaves, you see that he actually achieves a, a much more sustainable, self-sufficient form of happiness, which comes in authentic connection with, with Buddy, who he finally accepts as his birth son. You know, mm -hmm. he kind of got married, right? The DNA, like, yeah. you are the father, right? Like, <laughs> he did, he did. You are the father. Buddy is your child. That's if Arnold Schwarzenegger was in that movie. But um, You wouldn't question it, I guarantee <laughs> you know, it. I think, who's this, this Austrian doctor who knows DNA? But... But so you start to see, right? Like he was able to detach from the external thing that he was allowing to determine his worthiness and life got really good for him. Mm -hmm. And then he started his own book, child book company thing. And he wrote his mm -hmm. book about Buddy. And I mean, what an epic story to start yeah. selling, if you know what I mean. Yeah, the gumdrop forest and the whirly swirly world swirl. And, yeah, and Mr. Norwell. 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 Yeah. Um, like, Bye, buddy. Yeah, everyone loves those guys. Yeah. Right? But... Before you go on, I'm going to cut you off because you do it to me. There's really nothing else I have to say. I just wanted to cut you. No, I do have something to say. Um, we all know and love Buddy the Elf, and we would love it. We uh, kind of project that we would enjoy having Buddy the Elf around us. But I think similar to what you're, you're saying here is with, with James Kahn's character, which I wish we actually knew his character's name. Just keep just, talking. I'm in the process of looking it up. Okay. All right. Great. Um, 
we all have that thing that we attach our, our worthiness to. And if Buddy the Elf were to come in and do what he did to, to James to us, whether that be like if we, we really are attached to our business or attached to our relationship or attached to, you know, making sure we get in the gym and, and make sure we're still shredded. Walter by the, Hobbs. Walter Hobbs. Yes, that feels familiar. But if you had a bomb like Buddy the Elf go off in your life, you would probably react in a similar way <laughs> to, to James Kahn because it's yeah. disrupting everything that you have attached your, your worthiness, your sense of self to. And uh, as much fun as Buddy the Elf is, doesn't matter what what packaging it comes in. Anything that oh, kind oh, of oh oh, I'm gonna cut off the cutoff here. Oh, wonderful. But in, okay, so obviously he resists the change at first. Yeah, but what happens when he finally surrenders to the unfolding? Uh, the, the surrender. The surrender. What happens? What happens when he surrenders and he says, "You Things know what? This isn't good. happening to me. Buddy is happening for me." What happens? The, well, obviously things do circumstantially get better. Mm, there's that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a little bit of fast forwarding through movie magic that, yeah, you letting go of that story, there might be more tension and more discomfort along the way that, that comes with that. But yes, things circumstantially get better. And you can just tell he's got, like, he looks lighter as he's moving through his, his day. Like he doesn't have that, you know, that, that um, clenching, tension that like I got to get this deadline met I got to get this book out I, I have to do this x y and z after he kind of goes separate ways from this company which I'm sure you know in terms of um his livelihood like it, it pays the bills it does hey, all these a, things they had a couple bedrooms in New York City man I'm sure that the child book <laughs> industry okay. is, is quite lucrative I hear right but he looks he looks lighter he looks uh, more like himself. He's kind of sinking into it rather than just trying to, you know, white knuckle it through life, which is kind of what he's doing for the first three quarters of the movie. Um, and then, you know, finally, when he stops lip syncing and starts actually caroling, mm. you can kind of see his heart open up and, and really touch in with um, everything that he's been denying for so long. And, and once he kind of surrenders to it, I think surrender is the perfect word that he, surrender. he used there. Surrender to um, buddy. <laughs> surrender to buddy. Yeah. Uh, everything opens up and gets better so yeah. beautiful Dang. beautiful Some work deep, julian deep-seated lessons there in yeah. the uh, this is basically just grown-up show and tell is what we're doing right, <laughs> right. this is what my brain sees when i watch yeah. the buddy the elf um yeah. all right so we've so got let's kick it back to nick what's next nicky nick let's let's go with um the santa claus oh with tim, tim allen. allen santa i love that guy yes and i uh, full disclosure i didn't realize why it was the santa claus with an e until i was like 20 something so it had to do uh, with lawyer stuff or like a, a contract right so the reason that he ends up being santa is because of the santa claus inside yeah. the jacket that makes him turn into santa because he was there to witness Old Santa's death. Yeah. <laughs> Murder. <laughs> he killed him. So now he has to be Santa. You killed him. You killed the Santa Claus. We're going to get kicked off of iTunes. I don't, I don't know what's going on. We're going to get promoted. With yes. We're, yes. We're going to definitely climb the charts because of the Arnold. I should have done more Grinch work with, with the Grinch. But anyway, oh. moving on. Um, all right. So the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. The, the big lesson that I wanted to kind of... Uh, extract from this wonderful film um, with, with uh, Timmy Boy is that for anybody listening, just stop denying who you actually are. That is the lesson from the Santa Claus because as you see him transition from uh, this guy who's you know, a divorced dad and he's trying to you know, make Christmas still fun with his kid um, 
really just kind of similar to James Kahn's character, uh, Walter Hobbs in Elf. Like he's, he's attached himself to his, his work. Um, that's a big part of his life. That's kind of the, the revolving sun, if you will, for him. And um, it, when the whole Santa Claus, things happen, the Santa Claus thing happens, he's in denial. Like he's, I'm not Santa Claus, I'm Scott Kelvin. I'm Scott Kelvin, I'm Scott Kelvin. He keeps saying this over and over, even after he comes home from that first time being Santa Claus um, in full denial. And then the mail starts showing up at his house and he starts putting on weight, even if he's on the treadmill and he shaves his beard and it grows back instantaneously. And it's just, the more he had resistance to the fact that, dude, you're Santa Claus, the more things would show up and just try to present him with evidence like, no, you, you, you are Santa, like give it up, give up the charade, just accept it. And over time, he, he finally kind of accepts his role as, as Santa Claus and he tries to do it discreetly. But when he kind of accepts the energy of like, oh, I'm Santa Claus, you can see him kind of going about his day and people gravitate towards him as the thing that he was supposed to be in the, in the first place. Like he's at his son's soccer game, I think, and he's sitting on the bench and this little girl just kind of ponies up next to him and starts telling him what she wants for Christmas. Like he didn't say I'm Santa Claus. He didn't say like, hey, little girl. What you... That's a baller move on her part. Right, right. Very brave like Cindy Lou Who. Yeah. Um, but it, as he continually opens up and says like, okay, this is who I am, the experience for him as, as Santa Claus um, gets better. His relationship with his son as he shares that experience of, of being Santa Claus because his son kind of witnessed it, uh, the, the murder thing. Um, <laughs> it, it allows them to it connect on a deeper level. Boy. It just everything around him in terms of the circumstances, aside from the thing that he was attached to in the beginning, because as he shifts towards Santa Claus, you know, it kind of unravels so that he can become more of Santa Claus. Um, everything else kind of circumstantially gets better. So the lesson that I pull from the Santa Claus is to accept and and really step into who you truly are and not deny what that feels like or what that is just because of um, any conditioning that you might have or any, th any judgment, perceived judgment that you might think is out there for who you think you are. So to you listener, obviously, um, well, not obviously, you might be Santa Claus. And if you, if you need to step into Santa Claus uh, boots and, and do it for real, do it. But most of you that are listening are probably not Santa Claus. So you might have some identity that you've been denying, some part of you that really wants to, to get out there and speak loudly from the heart whether it is a business that you're trying to really push uh, and make a thing uh, or it's a relationship that you've been denying. Like I remember when I first started dating my wife, I was in denial of it like being the thing because I had just broken up with an ex-girlfriend and I, I just was like, you know, I want to be single. I want to push this. I don't want to be in a serious relationship. And then as soon as I surrendered to the fact like, oh, this is, this is my person, you know, everything is just obviously um, exponentially better since then. So whatever it is for you that you have been denying and kind of pushing off and, and saying like, oh no, this, this, it's not the right time for this. Or maybe, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what people are going to say. Forget all that. And just lean into the fact that whatever's calling you, whatever is um, asking you to, to step forward boldly, it's meant for you. It's going to work out. All will be well the more that you lean into it instead of denying it. So thank you, Scott Calvin slash Santa Claus for said lesson. Julian, do you have any feedback and or additions to- You, uh, you encompassed the, the big takeaway there. And one thing I want to point out to the noble viewer and listener is when there's a, <clears throat> a great amount of force required in your life, force is an indicator that you're out of alignment. So mm -hmm. if you look at Scott Calvin's life, 
everything that was the denial of included force, right? He had to, he had to force himself into clothes that didn't fit. He had to force himself to, you know, restrict his diet and shave. Like, you know, he was, it was this constant effort of repression uh, that ultimately like led him to this, this level of surrender. And so for all you out there, and you know, I love, I love me some, some neurophysiological studies. You know, yes, that. You actually Columbia, they're smart, they're nerds. They did a study about the psychological, physiological, and neurological effects of repression in life. And it will mess you up. It will prematurely destroy your brain cells. It will mess with your ability to focus. It'll make you dumber. It'll cognitively slow down your processing. Uh, stress levels rise, which leads to a whole slew of diseases and inflammation. Like when you are lying, when you're repressing a part of you, you are slowly killing. So, yeah, it's exhausting. Surrender. Surrender. So that's kind of been a theme that we've seen through a, a couple of these movies. Is surrender. Surrender. Surrender to your truth. Surrender to surrender. what you surrender know to is what is. Yes, to what is. Mm. To what is. All right. So that's two of mine. I've got. Mm. Uh, Santa Claus and the Grinch out of the way. So I'm going to kick it back your way and tell me, you've already done Elf for us. Mm-hmm. What is, uh, what's our second movie that you're going to yeah. you know, pick apart for us? Well, to, to keep the listener entangled here, I'm going to say Jingle All the Way for this last one. So this next one is going to be Home Alone. Right? So if you want more Arnold, Correct. you're going to have to, you're going to have to wait until the last one, the big finale. Yes, here. But have- Home Alone, everybody loves Home Alone. And we can kind of lump in one and two. <laughs> Sure. Same it's all formula, same, same candy bar, slightly different wrapper, but different setting, but same yeah, stuff, same stuff. So let's talk about home alone, right? Let's talk about what happens when you hold grudges, what happens when you hold grudges and the physical and emotional separation that, that creates between you and your loved ones that literally has you fighting for your life. Mm. Whoa. Whoa, you I did see not all the metaphors see and how deep coming. it is. Right? Right. So we talk a lot about conditioning in, in this episode or in this on this podcast. We talk a lot about conditioning, right? Some of these emotional patterns that are just stored in our body. And one of them is, oh shoot, like your ego always wants to be right. Mm-hmm. Because to your ego, life is competition. So if you're not winning, you're losing. If you're losing, you're going to be left alone and die. That's, that's what your ego thinks. So if you're not ac- accumulating more stuff or more status, you're somehow becoming less than. And so if you're not right, you're, if you're not constantly proving yourself right, well, you must be wrong. And if you're wrong, you're less knowledgeable. And if you're less knowledgeable, you're less worthy. If you're less worthy, you're going to be less alone and die. That's, your ego always takes it there. Your it's ego a fun is a rabbit state. hole. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, well, guess I'm going to die. But um. So you can see what happens when egos take over and Kevin's ego takes over and Kevin's mom's ego takes over and Buzz's girlfriend, woof, her ego takes over. I'm just kidding. She's not really in there. I just wanted yes. to say that. But you see when all these egos take over and they, 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 they distort what is real, right? And so to Kevin, his family was this negative horde of goons that didn't love him. To his family, Kevin was this delinquent who just just intentionally was a shithead and went against the grain just to just to peeve everyone off right yes. neither of this was true yeah besides buzz and his girlfriend comma woof. woof but when ego gets involved we tell ourselves stories and then we believe those stories we distort what is real and then we we perpetuate that distortion right to the point where it literally drives separation between us and our loved one 
Mm-hmm. And obviously in Home Alone, we see how that uh, unfolds in a, in a mischievous, tricky, and perilous way, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, for a little while, Kevin's ego wins. He goes, oh my God, I was, I was right. They were wrong and they're gone. It's a... <laughs> he loves it for a hot yeah. second. Yeah, he's like, this is, he's eating fucking, excuse me, he's eating freaking uh, ice cream, jumping on the bed, watching, watching angels with filthy souls. <laughs> and uh, he's loving it. Merry Christmas, you filthy, you filthy animal. animal right? He's loving it for a minute. And then reality sets it. Reality sets it, right? Like his support system, his unit, uh, his the people that he, his deep-seated connections, he drove them away, right? And then obviously it's happening on the other end too with his parents. Um, you know, and then, and when, once they have that realization on the plane, right, they're like, Oh, he's gone. Like he's gone. Like the, you know, this, the, that pain in my ass who yesterday, I swear, I just wanted to wring his neck, you know, today, oh my gosh, I just remembered what is true. Not my ego. I remembered what is true. And you know, I love that Kevin. Oh, and then we see what happens as people try to pick up the pieces that their ego, you know, shattered across the floor, shattered across the floor. Right. And and then, and then I think everything with the, with the burglars is just, just good old-fashioned fun. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think, to mix it up. I think Kevin is a sick, sick person, and, and, and you know, I, I think he intended to hurt those two baffled men. He took advantage of two challenged individuals. and just you know, I think we can have a whole you know, separate psychoanalysis of Kevin McAllister in, in the deep. I mean, how did he know about all of that stuff at that age? That's what I, I wouldn't know how to put an iron on a door so that it fried the the hand of another human being like no. what? he's clearly yeah. done that before and that's oh, just yeah. not cool so besides kevin being a closet sociopath i think the main thing here is when you let your ego take over it distorts what is real and we act out of alignment with who we truly are and then we do damage to ourselves and others and putting those pieces back together can be a real shit show yeah and sometimes uh, I know it's it's movie magic that they got home in time and Kevin was safe and he protected himself throughout that time. But sometimes that that distortion will take you so far away from what is truth in your yeah. life and who is meaningful in your life that you know you you might not have the opportunity to to come back to to what you knew was true all along. So take take you know the lessons that we're dropping on you here and rein in your ego and say like, listen, man, I, I appreciate you being here and and trying to keep me safe. But in fact, these people that may annoy me every once in a while are my people. And, uh, you know, I, I know it's the holiday season. And there's going to be plenty of family time. So try to let your ego take a nap and just be with them. Yeah. Yeah. About that. yeah. So thank you, Home Alone. Thank you, Home Alone. For, thank you, Home Alone. For, again, stripping us of the ego. Just like Walter uh, Hobbs needed to strip away what his ego was attaching his worthiness to. Just like... The Grinch, like if you can pick up the theme here, drop the ego, drop what you're attaching to, drop the, uh, you know, drop the them versus me mentality and just start to see people as people. Yes. Battling their own conditioning, battling their own egos and you'll develop compassion. Yes, because we're all wrestling with similar things, but at the same time, different things. And, you know, we're all defending our own metaphorical house from metaphorical burglars that are going to metaphorically mess with us. Correct. Yes. Thank you, Home Alone, for all of the yeah. metaphor. All right, Nick, what do we got on the docket next? What are you going to bring us home with? What all is right. the big finish? What is the big finisher? What is your third movie? My third movie is. Oh, God. I can Arnold it up, too. Anyway, um, so my third movie is Christmas Vacation. 
great, great Christmas movie. A uh, lot of tomfoolery, a lot of um, nonsense. Not a, not a ton of like cheer, but uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of nonsense. Dark. Pretty dark when you watch it objectively. It is. It is. Um, so the the main message that I'm getting from Christmas Vacation, and you are welcome to to dive in on this one, Julian, is is to walk through life with high intention but low attachment. Because Clark Griswold is spending this entire movie trying to make Christmas as holly jolly as humanly possible. And like, bless his heart that he wants to make all of the time that he's having with his family, uh, whether it be intentional time that he invited them to his home or unintentional when, um, is, it, is it his brother or is his wife's brother that shows up with the, uh, the camper, Uncle, Uncle Eddie? Is that? And yet he is her, her the mom's brother. Okay, all right. So like that, obviously. Randy, that's Randy Wade, Quaid, yeah. or Dennis, whatever. Dennis, that Dennis brother. Yeah. <laughs> so the entire time, like, it's just painful to watch how this man's spirit of Christmas and the one that, the, the thing that he's trying to hold true to the entire time, um, <clears throat> it just keeps getting diminished and diminished and diminished. And his, his soul is kind of falling apart in the midst of that. And yes, have high intentions this holiday season. Have high intentions of spending quality time and enjoying Christmas and being holly and being jolly, but fighting what is, is the, the thing that is exhausting. And I think that Julian kind of mentioned that with uh, one of the movies that we've talked about, is the more that we try to kind of um, fight against what is, what is ours or what is happening in front of us, that is the Columbia study. That's what you were talking mm. about. It, it diminishes who we are. Like Repression, repression. Repression, right just fighting against reality. And um, yeah, so Clark has a, a really hard time doing that uh, throughout the time. Just, you know, you can see that the resentment is building, the frustration is building. And yeah, objectively, he's not having a great time. Things aren't going his way, but it gets only harder as he continues to be like, it's Christmas, everything's gonna be great. Everything's gonna be wonderful. And um, yeah, it. It just, uh, you know, I, obviously it comes around and they have a, a decent time once he does finally accept what is and like, mm -hmm. like here we are. And he kind of lets it out in a, a very large rant uh, about his job and his family in the middle of the living room. Isn't there a hostage situation at one point? Yes, that would, that would be uh, Uncle Eddie. There's a lot of uh, criminal, criminal activity in these movies. Yes, there is. Yeah, he goes in and uh, kidnaps Clark's boss because his boss uh, did not give them the bonuses, bonus. right? So yeah, he thought he was doing his his brother-in-law solid, and yeah. he went and kidnapped his his boss. Um, so yeah, the lesson is not to go kidnap people when they do you wrong. It is to uh, do more of accepting what is. Have high intentions, high intentions all day long, but low attachment to what you need to have happen for you to have a good time or for you to uh, feel okay and enough in the moment mm -hmm. of of whatever you're trying to experience, whether that be a holiday gathering with family or something that you're trying to accomplish and create in your life, whether it be business or health and fitness or whatever, any pillar of life, all of it, the, the less attachment to you have, uh, uh, less attachment you have to the result being the thing that allows you to, to enjoy it and, and um, find peace, the better off you're going to be. And, and Clark has a real hard time throughout this, this wonderful film. Um, just, He's got a lot of a lot of attachment to Christmas being a very wonderful time of the year for him and for his family. And when it all goes to shit, mm -hmm. uh, he's kind of left with that uh, eruption of frustration and anger in the yeah. middle of his, his living room. <clears throat> that was a, a release for him, and that was great. But um, he doesn't get to that release if 
he just kind of starts to accept what is and just allows it to be and works from there rather than trying to work off of his expectations of, of yeah. what should go down uh, during the holiday season. So there's my take on Christmas vacation. What do you have to say? What say you? Back to surrender, right? Trying to control things that you can't control. The main one here is how other people feel. Because we can't control that. We can do everything right, but we, like, we can't jump into someone's brain and connect the neurons associated with certain feelings. We can't do that for someone. Just like no one can make us feel anything. It's our reaction. So trying to control that aspect is like trying to control water by tightening your grip on water, right? Like the tighter you squeeze, like I don't give a shit how kung fu grip your strength is it's still going to slip through your fingertips because it's something you just ultimately can't control and so a lot of us we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to make other people feel a certain way when in reality a it's not your responsibility and b you actually don't have that power it's, it, it's them it's them you can't jump in their head and, and shake up a cocktail of hormones and neurochemistry and produce a feeling for them it is them and so the more you can detach just like Nicholas was saying, and just live in your lane and maintain a, a beautiful intention, but detach from how that intention unfolds, you're going to have a good time. And typically when we are in a, in a present state having a good time, that's what typically has the greatest impact on the people around us, not trying to white knuckle every little detail to manufacture a feeling. Chafeel me, chafeel me, Nick and Nick. Chafeels, Chafeels. And uh, so that, that's five of our movies. And mm. we're going to wrap it up with a, a little ditty from Arnold Schwarzenegger over there. Uh, so here's the thing. A lot of people haven't seen Jingle All the Way, which actually makes me sick. Okay. Like, low, I'm about low, to throw up. Low I mean, attachment. Low attachment, Julian. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm detached. I'm detached. You're detached from what other people think about Jingle All the Way. But yeah, okay. you're jamming. Anyway, so you yeah. jam. Yeah. So for all of you that haven't seen it, you psychopaths. Here's the gist. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a, is, a, is a dad who drops the ball and caring for his son, Jamie. And so he, he thinks that by getting Jamie this very popular toy. Oh, I just went Russian for a little bit. You were a little Russian and Italian. You yeah. Together there. It was a little Mario. He wants to give Jamie the toy, to give Jamie, to, to give Jamie a good Christmas, to make up for his inadequacies as a father. So. <laughs> Go. Okay. Just, yeah. So, so Arnold. Did, I mean, right? you did well. You did well. You did well. All right. But get to okay. Synopsis is right. Arnold is similar to uh, similar to Walter Hobbs and Scott Calvin. He's attaching a lot of his worthiness to his job, his status, uh, his clients, and all this stuff. And in the meantime, he's letting his life go out of balance, and he he basically drops the ball with his son. And he's, and he's not very present as a father. And so he gets this idea that if he can get Jamie this cool toy, Turbo Man, if Turbo he get, Man, if he can get Jamie Turbo Man, that somehow that's going to, this, this external material thing is going to make up for his lack of presence and love. And so, and he even envisions it. He envisions Jamie opening this present. He envisions this, this high expectation of the external thing making his son feel a certain way, which we just talked about, right? We can't make people feel anything, but he's like, okay. So he puts all his pressure on himself to go get this toy, but classic Arnold, he waits to the last minute. And so he's trying to go get this toy and everywhere is sold out. And, and then the adventure begins. And then this rivalry with Sinbad, uh, you know, they're both looking for the toy. They're both feeling like deadbeat dads. They, 
at one point, Arnold's drinking beer and getting drunk with a reindeer, which he then punches in the face. Uh, he flies a jetpack. Um, he breaks a ton of laws, uh, including the laws of gravity. And then at the end, we see that all along, Jamie just wanted his. He didn't want the toy. He didn't want this big scene that Arnold had built up in his head about what Christmas has to be. And he just gave the kid presents in a way. Presents with an NCE, not a gift presents. Right. Come he on. Didn't buy the, he didn't yeah. buy all yeah. of the Turbo Mans in the world. Yeah, yeah. And so obviously there's a lot of very, very low-hanging fruit here in terms of like, you know, you can't buy love, you can't buy happiness. It, it, people don't want the thing. They want the feeling. And your presence gives them the feeling, not the thing. And, and that's important. And, and this brings back a young a story of young Julie. And uh, mm. while I don't have an Austrian accent, I like to envision that I so sure. I, just like Nick, I have some fond nostalgic memories of what Christmas uh, was, what Christmas is. And, and now that Nick has a beautiful, well-fed daughter, um, you get to recreate these powerful experiences. <laughs> she's the cutest, man. She, she is. Was, she was super she gangly and skinny. I'd be like, that's weird, but she's, she's just She is well-fed. She's cute. That's a yeah. compliment, bro. Uh, but anyway, so, you know, for me growing up, it was this nice time. And my mom's birthday. December 25th. How crazy is that? So oh, wow. Christmas was always this cool time of family and Christmas and my mom's birthday. And my mom actually passed away two weeks before Christmas. So actually, at age 22, Christmas took a very dark turn for me. Because in my head, I was attached to, I was attached to this physical experience of people being there. If, the, if certain people weren't there, it wasn't Christmas. If, if certain gifts weren't there, it wasn't Christmas. If certain, you know what I mean? Like I attached to this, I built up this, this, the scene of what it should be right just like arnold was like oh like oh he had this image of jamie opening the present and he's like ah that present should that present should complete this moment and yeah for i would say i'm still i'm 30 and i'm still the holidays still bring up this tug of war in my heart because i have these great memories and then i i just get my mom's death shoved in my face and for a while you know to be fully disclosed every year i'd get I'd treat myself every Christmas Eve to a fifth of uh, Tito's and, you know, I'd, I'd spend Christmas day with my head in the toilet. And um, I've since broken that, that habit. Uh, that is not really a gift I give myself anymore, yeah. but a lot of the, a lot of the suffering I was creating for myself, it wasn't actually because it wasn't actually the grief of my mom. It was this attachment I had to what I thought Christmas should be. Mm-hmm. Right. And all of the physical accoutrement that had to be there so that Christmas could be what it should be so that I could feel a feeling. When in reality, like the, the, I can have the feeling of love that I got from my mom. I can feel it right now. I can feel that when I'm with my wife and her family, you know, and it doesn't just like trying to uh, white knuckle water, just trying to, trying to hold on to water. Like it doesn't matter how hard I try or how or how, how big of a pity party I throw for myself that I can't recreate the feeling of Christmas with my mom there. That was, that's an attachment that my ego has. That's not me. Just where I'm at spiritually, I understand like the physical being that I called mom. Yeah, that, that cellular structure is no longer there, but the, the being, the essence, the energy, yeah, can't, it, it's still here. And so for me, it was a detachment from this image created by the ego, just like, you know, Arnold, who's like, okay, yeah, it's the toy. The toy is going to make the Christmas for the kid. I need the toy attached to the toy. No, it wasn't the toy, you big Austrian hunk. It was you. Slash governor. Slash governor. Slash now he's, you know, 
action star. He's producing films with Jackie Chan. I don't know if you saw that documentary, The Game Changers. Very cool. Um, But anyway, I would say that whether it's your loved ones or you, presence and awareness, presence and awareness, not attachment. Mm -hmm. That is the true spirit of Christmas. Awareness, you must be where you are. Be here now. Be here now. That's what. That's uh, definitely, I think, an Arnold quote. Be here now. Be here. Come on. Now. Period. Exclamation mark. <laughs> now, now you're Chinese. What? Anyway. That, was, that was still Austrian. You no, know. that was Asian. By you the wouldn't know an Austrian accent if it danced, danced Christmas twirls in front of sure, your face. Sure. Um, but, but to add on to what you were just saying um, about young Julian, I think it's something that uh, Currents, Nick, uh, struggled with a little bit because this... So as uh, Lucy has, she's almost two, she'll be two in uh, March. So as she gets older, our traditions of what Christmas looks like, it's changing because I don't live where I grew up. And this will actually be the first Christmas where I don't see my family ever. So it'll be, it's going to be strange and it's going to be something that I have to kind of process as we go through it. And I remember when we kind of made the decision to, to shuffle some things, I was, I was kind of putting on this facade that it was, it was my fear of what my family would think that we weren't going to be able to see them on Christmas. So I kind of kept pushing it on that. But at the end of the day, I kind of took a deep breath and I was like, I think I'm sad that I'm not going to see my family on Christmas and like what, what what that means to me. And and like every single December 25th of my life, I've spent some, some time with the people that I've grown up with. Um, And yeah, true to what you you're saying here, like the, the ego's attachment to the memory or to what that is supposed to mean and how it has to be this perfect moment of like, ah, it's got to be wedged into this day or be wedged into this time of it's year. Force, right. It requires <laughs> right. a lot of force and force is not natural. Right. Right. And uh, yeah, we're still going to spend quality time with my family. It's just not going to be on a specific 24 hour. Nick, can we FaceTime on Christmas morning? Can I open presents with you and Lucy? Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're really open to it and up to it, as long as you are talking in an Austrian accent, you can oh, she got the new Elmo toy. Yes, you got the Elmo toy for the Lucy. Well, yeah, I mean, I was going to say, well, then she'll never want to meet you. But <laughs> her, her dad is walking around uh, the house talking in a Grinch's voice yeah, all, so all winter not, long. So the street goes both ways, homie. It, it does, yes. The Grinch voice oh. is something that I just love using around this time of year. It really it is so makes... far superior to my Arnold. That <laughs> just makes me really upset. Uh, we really should have done this whole episode as the Grinch and Arnold just sharing some my, things. Back my forth. larynx and my voice box would just be shattered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little more aggressive on your end to, like, to that be. Was, that was the last podcast he ever did. <laughs> what happened to Julian Rosen? Okay, friends, we've, we've gotten a little squirrely here at the end, but uh, I, hope we, I hope you enjoyed our, um, our deep dive into these. <laughs> <laughs> these former, these formerly lighthearted movies that we love. There's some watch, deep stuff, guys. Uh, deep to stuff. watch around the holiday time, and um, yeah, go back and watch these six movies through the new lens that the new school of success has provided. Mm. If it ruins them for you, <laughs> welcome, because um, at least you're going to get some insight around how you can apply this to your own life. If but, you want to see Arnold Schwarzenegger punch a reindeer, <laughs> then you only have one movie to watch. There's a, only one of the six will do that for you. <laughs> True. Sorry. 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 
<laughs> I'm obviously a little biased. A little biased. But uh, to, uh, to everybody listening, we hope you enjoy your holiday time um, with family. Surrender. Surrender, surrender to the holidays. Surrender to the holidays and not what it's supposed to mean, but what is actually it, uh, yeah. existing in front of you, which again, back to Julian's point, presence awareness, just be in the moment with those people. Um, and don't be like Kevin and, and try to dismiss them and say like, oh, I don't want to hang out with you because of something that you said to me six years ago. Mm-hmm. Just be with the peeps. They're your tribe. And, um, you know, you're going to miss them when you're gone and, and when they're gone and when you're gone. Um, so let your ego take a nap this holiday season. Be present. Don't attach yourself to what it's supposed to mean and uh, enjoy it. Anything from you, Julian? I really like what you said there, Nick. I really like what you said. It's the less, the less emotional expectation we can impress upon this day. Cause really, I mean, yeah, it has all this hype and all this buildup. It's a sunrise and a sunset, right? Just like everyone's like, Ooh, it's Monday. Ooh, TJF it's Friday. It's a sun up and a sundown. It's 24 hours. It's however many heartbeats, however many breaths, right? It's, it's the emotional attachment we trick ourselves into placing upon it. So let it be whatever the hell it's going to be this year. Don't there, there is no should. It doesn't matter what, how cool your neighbor's Christmas looks or, you know, everybody does their obligatory Instagram picture. Like, look how perfect my, my family's Christmas is. Look at the yes. fire and the dog and the sweater. It, like, only, it only takes about 17 takes from yeah. personal experience. Yeah, and so, you know what? Fuck you, people putting out that perfect stuff because there's a lot of people <laughs> who their Christmas isn't like that. But I recommend you stay off Instagram on Christmas because there isn't, it doesn't, like, there is no should. There is what is. And so when you can let however this holiday unfolds be enough, and if you do have a relative that triggers you, observe the trigger. Kind of like watching fireworks, right? Just, just be there. See it without reverting back to old reactionary patterns. And if you want to learn more about that, go, go listen to our, uh, our Thanksgiving episode. But um, yeah, let it, let it unfold. It will be whatever it needs to be for you this year. And a lot of the, the suffering we experience is resisting what is because of what our ego thinks should be. And our ego is full of crapola. Full of crapola. That's our the ego, main message. Our ego is like, is like Booster. It's like Turbo Man sidekick that nobody wants. Nobody wants Booster. They want Turbo Man. So. And yeah. with that, <laughs> we'll wish you a holly jolly. Christmas. Ring the bell! Ring the bell! Here it comes. <laughs>